Hello, and welcome to another episode of YA Book Chat. Today, I am very excited to bring to you an interview that I did with author Melissa De La Cruz. Melissa De La Cruz is a number one New York Times, number one Publishers Weekly, and number one IndieBound bestselling author of many critically acclaimed and award-winning novels for readers of all ages. This includes Alex and Eliza, The Descendants, The Witches of East End, and Blue Bloods. She has also most recently published a new YA novel called The Queen's Assassin. Her more than 30 books have also topped the USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and Los Angeles Times bestseller list and have been published in over 20 countries. Today, I am happy to be interviewing Melissa about her latest project, DC Comics' newest YA graphic novel, Gotham High. I did recently do an episode about Gotham High, so if you would like to, you can go back a couple episodes and find that and take a listen. I would also like to take the time right now to say thank you to DC Comics for introducing me to this brand new graphic novel and allowing me to have Melissa on the show. Well, without any further ado, here is my interview with author Melissa De La Cruz. Thank you so much for being here today, Melissa. It's very nice having you here. Can you just tell me a little bit about how you got involved with this project with DC Comics and what kind of drew you to writing the story? DC uh, reached out to my agent and said that they were starting a young adult and middle grade line and they wanted to know if I would be interested in maybe reimagining some DC uh, universe characters in the teen space. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, let me think about it. Um, I just kind of finished Descendants. So I was, uh, you know, kind of in kind of a reimagining, retelling space. And when we talked a little bit more, they said, you know, I asked them, I said, well, what, what characters, you know, kind of are available? And they said, well, a couple of the authors that we've asked have kind of chosen, you know, maybe some characters uh, people don't know that well, you know, so that they can reinvent them or bring them kind of to the forefront. But they said, we would really love somebody to take on Batman or Superman. Hmm. And I said, oh my God, I would love to do Batman. I couldn't believe it was, you know, kind of still available. I feel like Batman, you know, kind of like Maleficent is like one of these iconic American pop culture characters. And, you know, what an honor and a privilege and a treat to be able to work, you know, with, you know, one of the greatest superheroes. So I was really excited, especially thinking I could do it in high school. And then my mind started, you know, kind of working. And then I said, oh my God, he's a billionaire, right? You know, <laughs> a billionaire would be the most fun, especially with kind of the stuff that I write about. And then I had a couple more ideas and I said, what if he was, you know, from Hong Kong? His mom was from Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Uh, I just wanted to modernize it a, a little bit. I wanted to keep the template of Batman, but, you know, a, and that's what why retellings are kind of fun because you need to stay within kind of the boundaries, but then you can reinvent and reimagine things, you know, while still staying um, with the Batman template. I think my first idea of Batman was a little too Chuck Bass of Gossip Girl. (laughs) (laughs) And after a meeting with the editors, you know, they said, you know, at some point, you know, kind of at his soul, he still has to be Bruce Wayne, who's kind Mm -hmm. of groovy and broken and alone. So you gotta kind of keep that, you know, you know, kind of outgoing. <laughs> <hard> <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, actually, one of the things that I did really love about Gotham High was was all the things that you brought into it that kind of were the little changes, like having his family from Hong Kong and the fact that he is Chinese American, just a couple of different things like that. And I that was just one thing that really drew me in the story that I really was like, oh, that's so great to have that kind of twist in it. Another aspect like that is also, I liked that you, instead of having Alfred be the butler, he was Bruce's uncle. And I really liked that familial connection that you created there. What kind of drew you to change that aspect of it specifically? Uh, I just kind of thought, you know, since he's in high school, I mean, he kind of needs a mentor. And I thought it would be mm-hmm. kind of weird if, you know, to be the 17 year old and have, you know, kind of this older butler situation. It then kind of sit right for me. Like I thought, you know, he obviously needs an adult taking care of him. And I thought, what if, you know, it's Uncle Alfred, because he's kind of has that kind of, kind of, you know, um, relationship anyway. But, you know, kind of to make it, I think, more natural for a teenager to listen to an adult, (laughs) (laughs) uncle, you know, I can kind of be like, if you were a teen billionaire and he was your butler, you'd just be like, whatever. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nobody can stop me. So (laughs) exactly. Talk to me about a little bit about some of the traditional Batman ideas uh, that's already out there that you pulled into it. Like I know, for example, when I was reading it at the very beginning, you know, just that little glimpse that we got of Dick Grayson. And then there was a lot of different things like that kind of scattered throughout. What pieces did you decide you wanted to pay homage to? Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt like, and I I do regret we cut out uh, a little bit more of Dick in the story. He had a little bit of a bigger part in the end mm-hmm. and uh, and there just wasn't space for it. You know, we kind of felt like we hadn't developed it and he couldn't just come out of nowhere. So it was kind of nice to have that moment in the beginning. Um, where we see him, you know, you can't do Batman without Robin. <laughs> True. Um, and, you know, it was kind of funny because I had to think about, you know, Batman's, you know, usual allies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, Commissioner Gordon is a big character in the Batman world. And again, I thought, okay, you know, he's not a crime fighter <laughs> yet. You know, he doesn't have to work with the mayor and the commissioner. And so I thought, you know, what if the, what if it was Principal Gordon? So that was really mm-hmm. fun. But it was interesting because uh, when we were talking with DC, you know, I said, oh, maybe I'll, you know, um, brush up on all the Batman lore. And they said, no, we actually don't want that. Don't read anything. Don't, you know, I mean, we want your, you know, new reimagining. So I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so it was really interesting because they were very interested in keeping it open. But, you know, I think as my husband said, what American doesn't know Batman lore? You know, I mean, we all know the story. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I wanted to put in things that happened. You know, one of the things that happened is he saw his parents being killed in front of him, you know, and then reimagining what that's like. I think uh, something just, you know, similar happened to Kim Kardashian where this home invaders broke into her mm-hmm. Paris apartment and, you know, tied her up in the bathroom and she fortunately survived, but I thought, well, what if it went really wrong, you know, and I wanted to have something where it wasn't gory, but it was still like very tragic, like her, his mom died because she couldn't get her insulin, you know, and he was so frozen, he couldn't help his parents, which is part of the Batman psyche, you know, the feeling Mm -hmm. helpless while your parents are murdered in front of you. 
Yeah, that's never a good situation. <laughs> nobody, nobody should ever have to experience yeah. that. <laughs> what do you think? So again, this is, of course, geared towards young adults for a new generation who maybe they know about Batman, but haven't been as exposed to it as much as older people do have been. And so in thinking about that, you know, writing with the YA style, what is the most difficult aspect about writing for a teenage audience and how did you kind of bring your specific YA writing style into this into Gotham High? You know it's a, it's hard to answer that question because I don't feel like it's a challenge to write for a teen audience when I started <laughs> writing in the YA genre it felt very natural and kind of felt like the thing I was best at so you know and I think I always say you know the reason why I write for teens is because when you're 17 you know the guy in the motorcycle you know, the bad boy in the motorcycle is so great. And, you know, he's like the heartthrob. But when you're 34, the bad boy in the motorcycle is kind of a loser. So. Yeah. <laughs> that is very you know? true. <laughs> just want, you know, you, I love that part of being young and you're kind of free and, you know, and everything's new and exciting. And I think, you know, I, you know, I do, I kind of write for myself. I mostly entertain myself. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of thought, like, this is what I would want to see in a YA Batman. So, you know, I'm kind of, they said uh, if you write for YA, you have, like, an internal teen clock. And I think mine kind of stopped at 14. So <laughs> I think I can kind of, I think YA writers are really in tune with that part of themselves that never grows up. So, yeah, I just kind of, you know, um, C.S. Lewis said either you write for one specific child or you write for the child in you. You don't write for the children, you know, mm -hmm. in air quotes. So I think that's what I do a lot is like I write for, you know, the teen me. And that's, hopefully other people like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I definitely feel like YA, it's probably something that, yeah, totally like innate inside of you. Because I know I pretty much only read YA fiction. That's all I read. So, and it's funny because I'll read it and I'll, you know, be like, man, was I like that when I was a teenager, you know, like all of these, all, and I, then I'm like, yeah, I probably really was, you know, and so, um, but yeah, you have to be really in tune with your inner teenager, so, <laughs> but I think you do a great job of that, I love, I love that. So in the story, without giving too much away, um, Bruce and Jack are more or less friends, but we all know that eventually Jack grows up to be the Joker and he's one of, you know, Batman's greatest villains. So at this point in the story though, where do you think he's kind of at in his life? What do you, when do you think is kind of his turning point to being the villain while well, he's in high school or maybe after high school in your version of the story? What would your version be? I, you know, I wanted to write about how, you know, somebody who maybe had a lot of potential to be something else, you know, how that kind of the tragedy of that, that, you know, and I wanted to show that they were friends and they were almost the same, you know, kind of had the same sense of, sense of humor, the same kind of like chill. And then, you know, like something terrible, you know, he was in love I feel like I'm spoiling things, but, you know, something terrible happens or something that, you know, kind of breaks him a little. And then so maybe instead of, you know, healing and repairing, instead he kind of goes down this darker path. I would say he's, he's still a little far from that. They're both, you know, kind of young. I don't really, mm -hmm. for me, Batman and the Joker are kind of uh, adults, which for me means they're like in their late 30s, you know? Yeah. Um, 
you know, they're kind of fully formed at that time. I think right now they're so young. So you just see, you know, like maybe Bruce, you know, has that kind of instinct um, for social justice in him to protect people. And whereas, you know, Jack maybe has a little bit more of a selfish instinct, you know, but it's still pretty early. I would say they don't really come into themselves until they're 30. <laughs> so they've got 15 years. <laughs> they've got a long way to go yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of relationships, something that I, I really loved was how you have kind of a love triangle in this story with Jack and Bruce and Selena. Do you feel like, because, okay, so anytime, any like version of Batman that I've watched, you know, movies or even the old TV show, there was always this relationship kind of with Batman and Catwoman, you know, they kind of had this like in Bruce and Selena. And so I love that you explored that in this as well. And do you think, this is just kind of a fun question. Do you think Batman and Catwoman are kind of meant to be together like soulmates? <laughs> um, I, I think when I, you know, when I was writing this, I think the Batman and Catwoman wedding issue had just come out you know so uh-huh. i said oh they do get that they do have okay <laughs> so you know i kind of like you know rules <laughs> and if yes. that's then you know um i would say yes <laughs> <laughs> i've always kind of assumed that they would end up and get married together especially because i prefer the um Christian Bale Batman, where at the end, he and Catwoman are together in Paris and Alfred's kind of sitting over there on the end. I'm like, yep, that, that's about right for me. Oh, that's <laughs> so, my favorite Batman. Definitely. I love um, it. And I think that's my favorite Batman movie. So yes, definitely. The ending in Paris is the best. <laughs> it is. It's perfect. <laughs> so in within the story, like I said, you know, we have the love triangle between the three of them. So why is it do you think Selena kind of feels caught in the middle of the two of them and can't really make a decision? I mean, is it just kind of like, you know, bad boy, good boy, which one do I choose? Or maybe more complicated based on her backstory? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, because Bruce kind of comes back from being away, you know, in the beginning of the book, he's kind of kicked out of his fancy boarding school and has to go to the local public high school where he kind of sees some people who were in his life before. And, you know, we don't kind of reveal that Selena was part of his background or, and Selena, I think, you know, has moved on, you know, his something terrible happened to the Waynes, the parents died, they shipped off the kid to boarding school, you know, she never saw him again. So she had to move on too. And so, you know, her kind of new crowd is Jack. So when Bruce comes back, it kind of, you know, um, does she choose between her past or her present, and then what's her future, you know, so I think that's something, which I think, you know, I just thought, I mean, if your old boyfriend came back, you know, (laughs) your new boyfriend, (laughs) you know, know, that's kind of what I thought of where she was, you know, kind of emotionally, you know, and and I I do think she liked both of them, Um, you know, I don't know if she liked them equally, Um, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know. I think it's more like, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. So that's 
part of the YA <laughs> it, love triangle trope. <laughs> it definitely is. I have read many a YA books where there has been a girl who was like in between two boys, which one do I pick? You know, <laughs> it is perfect. It's great. I mean, that's how it is when you're growing up as a teenager, you know? I know. We have so many boyfriends. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody says, we're just trying to have one, and everybody in the book says two, so. It's a fantasy. It's all right. It's right. It's fine. Oh, man. So I wanted to ask, too, about um, your collaboration with Thomas Patelli on the illustrations. I, oh my goodness, when I was looking through it, I absolutely loved his illustrations. I felt like they fit so well with the story that you were telling. What was it like working with him and kind of putting all that together? It was great. It was really seamless. We went through a bunch of character drafts and he nailed through, you know, I would send kind of notes like and some images and say, you know, this is who I think Bruce kind of looks like. This is who I think Selena looks like. Jack, for some reason, we could not get right Mm -hmm. for a while. And uh, it was funny. I just (laughs) found out when we were doing interviews that Thomas said, you know, I finally gave him my haircut. And it kind of worked. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, so because yeah, so uh, so he uh, so there's a little bit of Thomas in the book too. Yeah, so it was like I would send you know um, I had some very specific images for certain things like what Selena wears to the party, what Bruce's study looks like, Chinatown, and then so those things that I really really cared about, I would send images mm-hmm. and then he would kind of use that. And then I think for Poison Ivy, you know, I really wanted to have her look a certain way, kind of like a K-pop star. So I sent Mm -hmm. a lot of K-pop photos. Um, Yeah, no, it was really great. And, you know, I mean, he brought them to life and the colors were amazing. And, you know, it was kind of interesting. As we went through the process, there would be more and more people on the email. You know, first it was just me and then it was Thomas and then the letterer and then the Inca. It was like, it was really fun. It was, it was absolutely a treat looking at all of his illustrations. And like you just mentioned too, the coloring was fantastic as well. Everything just really pops. And something fun that I noticed I loved, um, and I was curious how much of this you had input on, or if he just kind of took it and ran with it. Cause I, I loved that he had like, you know, um, Gotham high, the home of the bats. So there's that little thing. And then in one of the scenes, they're in class and on the board, it says bat dissection. <laughs> and then in Principal Gordon's office, she has a, the mug on her desk that's got the bat symbol on it. Mm-hmm. I, I think though, like my, my favorite was when Bruce is having the party and they're playing the video game. And it's yeah. essentially Batman versus the Joker in the yeah. video game. I was like, yeah. that is so fantastic. Was that kind of like all just him doing that? Did you have any uh, influence um, on that part too? The home of the bats, we said um, that came from, I think, the first ever gathering of all the YA middle grade um, authors of the line. And I remember I was talking to Ridley Pearson. Uh, who I think was doing Superman and Batman, like, uh, middle grade. And we were talking to everybody, and I can't remember if Ridley said it or, or Mariko or somebody, but we said, you know, if we're going to do Gotham, you know, they're all going to be, you know, going to Gotham High um, or Gotham Middle School. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to be, we, what's the map? You know, what's the team? They're the Bats. So that actually came from a bunch of authors. Perfect. <laughs> I remembered it when I did my book. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is for you, Ridley. <laughs> um, and everything else, no, that was Tom. 
honest. Like my, mine was just the first Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> but I love too, cause you know, he had all of that and the illustrations, but then you had in the dialogue some great quotes too that kind of show who they're each going to be in the future you know because bruce says to poison ivy oh it's like a bat cave in here <laughs> and so there's that um you know alfred tells bruce he's going a bit vigilante mm -hmm. jack gets called a clown and then you know there's a couple lines about selena and a cat having nine lives was it kind of easy to come up with that dialogue to sneak that in there and make sure that you was it kind of like you had in your head, oh, I want to make sure that I get these quotes in here so that people kind of have these little connections or was it just like, well, I'm just, you know, writing it in kind of fun fixing. There was so much more, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually pulled a lot back and I, even, I had a lot more stuff that I wanted because um, I was really into the Easter eggs and like, you know, really paying homage yeah. um, to... Um, to the characters and to the iconic universe because I really like that when I read mm -hmm. um, those things. So yeah, so I would say that's maybe a quarter of what got left in. There was a oh. lot. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy that too. I've read a couple of books that are retellings, YA books, and I just absolutely love when authors just put all those Easter eggs in and pull from all the different stories. It just makes it so much more rich, you know, and more fun to read when you've got all that extra background and from the story that's what's already been established, but then you're creating something new. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun to read that. I will remind my editor of that on the next one. Okay, great. There's some big things at the end that they, that they took out and I was kind of like, fine. Oh. <laughs> so at the end, I wanted to ask about this too. When I read through it and the story finished, at the very end, I saw that there was a page about with like suicide prevention resources. Was that something? And I, you know, and I'm not going to kind of spoil it and say what happens and why that's in there. But um, was that something that DC just kind of did on their own and that they do? Or did you have any say in that either? Um, I think we had talked about making sure we were really careful. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to make it clear in the end that, you know, that's, you know, that that's not what she was doing. Right. <laughs> uh, we had a much darker storyline in the beginning that didn't even involve um, Selena, but I, that I just didn't want to do. And, um, but then in the end we had that kind of dramatic thing. So, yeah, I think that was, you know, from a conversation about just being, you know, careful when we talk about these things that, mm -hmm. you know, that the kids, I mean, you know, it's not really entertainment. So I wanted to make it clear that that wasn't, you know, in the way that Thomas and I kind of shot it, you know, that, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, that that's not what she was doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think it is great, you know, to, to have that in there as a resource at the end too, just in case, because there are so many teens who struggle with depression and anxiety and, suicidal thoughts. My cousin, when she was a teenager, tried to commit suicide. And so it's really hard and it's a really difficult thing. So I was very pleasantly surprised when I turned the page and I saw that because I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, it was great to have that in there. Yeah. No, just to remind kids, you know, that there's hope and, you know, you can call and yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I think I feel very strongly about using it in any kind of entertainment 
you know, kind of thing. So yeah. like, it didn't even occur to me. It was like, wait, what? People, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always good to be careful. You never know how people interpret things. So, all right. So if you were, if DC Comics were to give you the option and say, hey, we want you to do this again, maybe they already have, I don't know, but you know, who would be kind of, what would be your next like dream character? I would love to do a story about this character. I mean, I, I kind of thought of it as the three of them. So I, I think the second book, you know, hopefully will be a Jack book. So. Oh, nice. That would be fun. Oh, I also noticed, I didn't mention this earlier, his, on his jacket, how he always had that Joker symbol on his jacket. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was a good little ad there by the illustrator. Mm-hmm. All right. So we, we have been focusing on Gotham High because that was just released, but I do want to ask you, uh, at least I have one burning question from your new YA novel that came out this year, The Queen's Assassin. I'm actually going to be covering that on my podcast in June already recorded the episode. Yeah. So I already recorded it even and I'm all set. So I absolutely loved that book. And I do want to ask though, because I don't want to, I'm not going to say any spoilers. I was curious though, because the ending kind of a little bit open. And so I wasn't sure, like I could see it being like there being another story after this, or I could see it being, nope, that's just the end and how we're going to leave it. Is it, is it going to be a standalone or is it going to be a series? Uh, it's a duology right now. Second book is coming out, uh, next, I think next February also. Oh, fabulous. That makes me really happy to hear that. (laughs) I was, I read that book and I read the ending and I'm like, well, I could live with this ending, but (laughs) it would be great if there were more. <laughs> well, that's really good to know. And for everybody listening, if you have not read The Queen's Assassin, y'all need to go and read that one too because it's fantastic. And that just came out in February of this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is a great story. Well, um, is there, do you have anything else? So you're working on that one, the second book for that series. Is there anything else that you're allowed to say or talk about? Any other upcoming projects? I have a little women retelling called Joe and Lori, which is in June that I co-wrote with uh, my best friend, Margaret Stoll. So that was really fun. And that was coming out in June. Nice. Well, I'm definitely going to read that one. I love little women. It's so good. Yay. All right. Well, I think that is all. Thank you so much for being here today and um, chatting with me and fantastic having you here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much to special guest Melissa De La Cruz for coming on YA Book Chat today. And also thank you to DC Comics as well. Please be sure to check out the show notes for today's episode where you can find links to Melissa De La Cruz, Thomas Patilli, DC Comics, and Gotham High. And if you would, please go ahead and like, subscribe, and leave a positive review for YA Book Chat. YA Book Chat is edited and hosted by me, Leah Stuhler.